babies. <clears throat> Thank you, Irene. Thank you, Irene. Thank uh, you. Boys, welcome to Sweetie. the show. I hope everyone has had a good week. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with our opening takes. Bill, why don't you start us off? When the Red Sox win the World Series this year, is Ooh. Alex Cora is Alex Cora going to go down? Is quietly going down as one of the greatest managers in Red Sox history? No disrespect to Tito, who's arguably. Tito, uh, Terry Francona is arguably the greatest um, manager in Red Sox history, but look at their trajectory. First season, 11 wins in the World Series. Tito got swept in the next year, missed the playoffs the year after, and then won again in 07. So, I mean, they're, they're right on the same path. You know, 108 wins his first year. Tito Francona only maxed out at 98 wins. You know, right now he's on that path. You, add, you, you, you throw another World Series in his second in three years as manager, I mean – you're making that case right away. And I think right now the way they're playing and just give me the, give me the socks gets the field world series. Let's go. I like it. Some confidence. Finally, Ray, all it took was six and a half months for bill and, uh, you know, uh, beating every <laughs> odd for bill to have confidence. And just, but, I thought yeah, you were going to say miss four shows hold. and then he like comes back to <laughs> four her. shows missed. And then he comes back with some red Sox yeah. confidence. And, <laughs> oh, I, got I got a lot of red Sox shit today. <laughs> well, we'll certainly get to it. The, the, the management, Manager conversation is interesting because in my it's between two guys. So yeah, the, you know it's technically true, but who else does he has to go up against um, except for Francona? Ray, what do you got? I got from uh, flat Earth conspiracy theories to hating my favorite holiday that is Thanksgiving to asking what is government. Kyrie Irving thought of himself as Martin Luther King. You can look it up. He's actually referred to himself as a revolutionist. Uh, now being the only superstar left not vaccinated. Uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the Brooklyn Nets organizations has turned their back on this insufferable douchebag, and he is all alone, not being able to play in home games. The Nets and KD have decided to part ways with K uh, Kyrie Irving and let him miss all of the games and not just the home games. Yeah, Good but he's fucking riddance. He still gets half his money though, right? Because now they're just fuck, you don't see him anymore. Yeah, he'll the dumpster seventeen fire million is here. out the door. It's seventeen yeah. million out the door. Uh, the, there, I have a I have a hunch. Fridays, we do our simplest minds of the week. I have a hunch that might come back up in the show, but we can all do a cumulative toot toot for our uh, Brooklyn Nets hashtag dumpster fire, which has been lit yet again after it caught fire. I didn't think year. it would take this long. I gave him Christmas. I gave him Christmas. <laughs> the season Valentine's Day. When did this season start? The 21st of December? Well, let us not forget yeah. that dumpster fire really it, it caught a blaze before they got hardened. Because Kyrie had to go on his fucking sabbatical and after was doing seven birthday games, parties, right? skipping COVID yeah. rules. Yeah. And then when they got hardened, he really righted that ship. But then Kyrie missed the playoffs and they went down. So he's uh, so good. He's just so cunty. Like I just he's not. I he's no, not even I'll, fucking good anymore. He's dead in my. He's dead, dead, dead all the way through. Anybody that supports him or listens to him, you're a fucking moron. Uh, so yeah, uh, funny hunch he might come back into it. But of course, we are in the NFL season. The Patriots got a game. Allow me to go to that direction. Patriots first. Cowboys. Uh, could be a springboard game for this team. They're now two and three. Uh, if you get the win, you're three and three. You got the Jets next week. You assume you're going to be four and three. That's not to say that uh, we should think that this whole that this team's ever going to turn a switch like they have in the past. I I, I have confidence that it's an upward trajectory for the season in terms of improvement on this team. But it's not going to be you rattle off six, seven, eight in a row. So you got to steal one of this Dallas game or, or even a Panthers game, something that's going to be close because you drop that shitty one to Miami and you play like ass against the saints who are two of your lesser opponents. So 
when I say springboard, I mean, if you get this win, you should get two in a row. You should get above 500. And that's really why you got to float the entire season. If you want to talk about playoffs uh, come November, um, you got to be above 500 by a game or two or right around there. And then hopefully make a run when you've maximized your talent on the roster for this season. Yeah. And your schedule is looking a little tougher now with the way that uh, chargers and, and Buffalo are playing, you know, chargers looking at going in, you, you saw, you, you destroyed Herbert last year. They're four and one and Herbert's an early favorite to win the MVP right now. Top three and the way he's playing that team looks tough to beat with a good defense. You know, your, your, your schedule is looking tougher now, especially once you really get into November, you know, that it's going to be make or break the next six or seven games. That's it. Yeah. And it's going to be a little eye test this week against Dallas too. Um, this is a big game against the Dallas other way that, that Houston good. went, you know, they look like shit against Houston, but they pull to win. Let's put it all together this week. Huh? Let's not fumble away a fucking touchdown again. Uh, some, so we'll touch uh, on all some, of that. I got some stats for you on early lines with the Patriots Cowboy games that might make you uh, lean on the cups of uh, the Patriots this week. Okay. We'll turn into uh, Sunday early lines, even though this is Friday show. Uh, I'm just telling you, it's, it's bottom it's of the totem pole of dumb. Oh, dumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's sick. It's his Jordan game, Jordan flu game. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Marcus Smart makes the news again. Uh, the Bruins have set their roster. We haven't talked about them in a little bit. We'll give them a couple minutes, but we'll be mostly Red Sox to start the show and uh, some Patriots move from there. Um, but glad to have you. Glad to have you back, Bill. Welcome to the Simple Mind Sports Show Friday headlines, October 15th. Welcome to the show. Ray, I can tell your nose is so red because it's so big. Goes with that goes with the heritage. Your mom likes it when I'm eating her box. It goes right in her asshole. That's gross. Does she shit on your nose? Sometimes. It is oh. what it is. Just farts on mine. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, then uh, please subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening on the podcast, Probably pink do the guy same. then. <laughs> rate and review. Yeah, well, that's why I don't feel good either. Rate review. Uh, <laughs> tell your friends. Most importantly, uh, and if you can get on down to White Birch Brewing, the best craft brewing in New Hampshire. Ray, address please. 460 Amherst Street. Good side of Amherst Street. Get on down. Uh, check out these games we're going to be talking about here on the show. Uh, check out the Patriots game. Uh, this is a four o'clock start. 425. 425. 425. I love the 425, uh, four o'clock straddle that they do uh, in the late games. You can, you know, half times aren't different. They should do that more in the one o'clock games. Isn't that a pain in the ass in one o'clock every fucking game is that halftime? It's like, uh-huh. yeah, it's annoying. Just tack it back 10 to 12 minutes. So we then can I got to listen to fucking Sky. Sky Hansen just babble. Like, come on, put some more games on. Let's go. Uh, if you can't get down to the uh, to the brewery and bitch about that, then get at your local beer store wherever you get it. Tell them the Simple Minds boys sent you White Birch Brewing. What Ray? Uh, they also have a new release out this weekend. It's Uncle Grady's Black Forest Cake Stout. Cake <laughs> Stout. Sign me up. Cake Stout. Uncle Grady. Boom. Doctor oh. Big Mac is in the house. Uh-huh. Uh, excellent. Well, of course, we are uh, always excited about a new White Birch uh, release. Uh, we're also excited about the Boston Red Sox, Bill's Boston Red Sox, who he's been saying has been a title contender all season long. Uh, he has been, been on saying it from day one, Rich. Right Ever from since day that one. first sweep. <laughs> uh, of course, they'll be taking on the Astros in the ALCS, the Astros' fifth ALCS in a row. Uh, on the brink of what should be called a dynasty, even with the cheating, which we'll get into. Uh, Astros versus Sox. Sox are just two and five against them, but they were all muddled into that early June, um, late Was May that the COVID schedule. stuff too. Was oh. there a little bit of COVID for? No, the but it was oh. just a long time ago in baseball. You know, these teams look a little bit different from then. 
Um, and I wouldn't play too much. The Ray, the Rays shoved this team in a locker at the end of this season and Red Sox came out and beat them. So, um, just to give you a little bit of history here, moving into this, into this series, uh, the Astros beat the Red Sox by an average of two runs per game. The best starting pitcher against Houston was my guy, Nick Pavetta, who is game after game becoming more of a, uh, solidified. Yeah, you need, you, you need him against this righty heavy lineup. Uh, nine strikeouts, three hits, two earned, six inning pitch uh, against this game against Houston. Framber Valdez has owned this Red Sox team uh, in two outings against them, 2-0, 1.26 ERA, 18 strikeouts, and 14 innings pitch. That's dominance, kids. Uh, the game one starter has been changed again. Uh, it will be Chris Sale starting game one, Nathan Evaldi to start game two. Cora has said all of the remaining starting pitchers will be available for these first two games in Houston, the way that they approached it in 2018. Uh, I ask you, Bill, the best Red Sox or Red Sox manager in Red Sox history, Alex Cora. (laughs) Is he, uh, is this the right move with Chris Sale going one, Evaldi three, or I'm sorry, Evaldi two and, you know, Pavetta, Erod. Sounds like Erod three, but it's not sure. Yeah, I, I like it, and the, this is the reason now it sets it sets them up to go in game six of Aldi, right? So starting two, you're looking at two and six. He'll be available probably game four to pitch out of the bullpen. I mean, if you think about the way Chris Sale's gone in the playoffs, 26 innings, 771 ERA, one and three record, you know, do you would you rather have Evaldi kind of pitch after a loss, right? Or, you know what I mean, if, if – God forbid Valdi gets roughed up game one, and then you go to Chris Sale game two with this track record. Valdi thirty-two and two-thirds innings, one ninety-eight ERA, three and one. The only game that he lost was the the, the Dodgers eighteen inning game when he pitched pretty much a gem in extra innings, right? So I mean, you expect and I expect Chris Sale to lose game one, and I expect Valdi to come in game two and kind of be that stopper. And again, it sets you up for a clinching game in game six if you get that far, and it also sets him up to pitch in an elimination game who we all trust Evaldi more so than we're going to trust, trust Chris sale. And the, it just seems like the, the moves core is made, made in this playoffs. There, there was a couple of question ones going to Hansel Robles. I thought was probably his worst decision, but going back to his first uh, world series run, I mean, every move that he made clicked and the you see it in fucking the, season the whole, 2018, the whole, he didn't make a bad move. Yeah. And it, was, you, it was exemplified in the playoffs. So, I but, mean, in that, but, <clears throat> Not to interrupt you, I heard this today too, and I thought it was a good commentary. I don't remember who it was from, probably Mass. But the idea that um, Chris Sale going in game one, I don't think that they're doing that in anticipation of him getting shelled or losing. I, I, if they, if it is, and that's a bad way to do it. But I, I, I do think that they're going with the anticipation that he might not be able to go five, six, seven innings like Evaldi can. And now if you have to bring in Pavetta for three or four innings, Maybe he's he's more available for you in game four as a starter than he would be if he had to come in relief in game two against Evaldi for Evaldi. Sorry. So um, so, yeah, I think when you put all those cards in the table and hey, by the way, it still is Chris Sale. I get his track record sucks and he's been bad for the last month, but maybe he has something left in that fucking string bean body of his to get through five strong, you know. Third, three okay. runs in and you know eight Ks or whatever. I can see. That why wouldn't you? Why know? would you put him in the bullpen though? Well, not you want to win? You don't get no one else to start. You got no one else started. Nick Pavetta's. You want to set him up to start later, especially at home. He pitches better at home. 
you're going to want him there. And, and the, the, he's more of a weapon out of the bullpen against a righty heavy lineup than Chris Sale is. Chris Sale's going to, like, I don't say, I'm not saying the Red Sox set him up to lose. And I just, or expect him to lose. I just expect him to lose. Like, I'm well, just, yeah, sure. and it sucks well, he hasn't to be had there. a good track record either since he's But came to answer back. your question, yeah, yeah, Ray, against you the need... good teams, he's been very, very bad. In this day and age in baseball, you need three starters to get through uh, a series. That's kind of the trend now. So name me the Red Sox starters you want over Chris Sale. You only have say, two starters that I trust right now. And you can Nick do Ivaldi, Nick- Pavetta, Erod, and then Tanner Hulak. No, he's Hulak's better. But again, he's a lefty, and you want him pitching out, like, out of the bullpen. You don't want him starting because, again, like when you're a righty-heavy lineup, they got seven righties, I believe, in their lineup right now. So, I mean, you want to stack your right-handed pitching against that. And Tanner Hulak is a better option out of the bullpen. He can eat a couple innings out of the bullpen. You've seen what he can do starting when he can only go two, two, three innings, the track record, the nerds, you know. So, I would rather have him pitch meaning, like, bigger innings in the later game than I would having him pitch, you know, innings one through three, truthfully. Like, you're going to go Erod. And Pavetta is the real guy that should start game three, truthfully, because I want him, again, to start in a a pick. But I don't – I think they're going Erod. I just don't like – like two out of three lefties going against this lineup in the first three games. And that's the yeah. only issue I have. And, and frankly, you know, Tanner Hoak has been in the bullpen for the bulk of the last month. He's thrived there. Um, mm. And the way that the nerds and baseball looks at this now, the first three innings are just as important, if not less important than the next three innings. Uh, so, you know, it's all about when the big bulk of that lineup comes up and, and that's how they're going to use their best pitching moving forward. And that being said, again, you know, Chris Sale has been a starter his whole career, except for the beginning part where he was a little bit of a closer there. And his bullpen work with the Red Sox in 2018 wasn't fucking great either, by the way. He was okay. They put him in, it seemed like a a ceremonious role to close that thing out. And he still looked shaky in one inning. So, yeah, you know. You're not set up very well pitching-wise. Let's be honest. Your starting pitching is very, very weak. It should be a Valdi Pavetta one-two, but they need these guys to come in the way they handle the bullpen nowadays. They need these guys to eat up those three, four, in Pavetta's case, five innings when uh, you know when the game's tight. So and I, look I, at, I think this is the right move. So what do you think at, it is going to be? Sit, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, about and if you look at, like, to back up your, your point, Rich, you look at a team like Tampa Bay since 2018, they're 56% of their innings have come from the bullpen. They carry two starters on their, their ALDS roster. Think about that. I mean, they they just their new trend. Like you need these guys. You're and you saw what happened. They got burnt out. They had no one to pitch game four. Nobody. So what's your realistic expectation for sale tomorrow or tonight? Because it's Friday, obviously. Uh, if we can get five innings, one or two runs, that would be, you know, I would be the hope. But I don't expect them to make it out of the third inning. So Alex three Gar- innings and what Tanner coming in for another couple well, innings. Then I'd in. probably go Pavetta depending on the score. I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't want to go another lefty, you know, make, make them make the changes. If you're just pitching, taking out uh, Chris sale, you're going to go with that righty and just start pounding the, you know, the, that strikes on that way. You, you make them make changes and start making subs early in the game. I mean, that's what you're ideally going to do. And again, it sets you up to pitch game game four, you know, and it's, it's just, if you can get three out of them, I'll be happy, but you know, Cora claims they found something in his delivery in a bullpen session this week. He thinks they figured it out. We'll see. I mean, you know, he's got an if extra can, day of rest. If you so. can get five innings out of sale and he gives up three or four and he goes 80 something pitches with six or seven be happy. strikeouts, that's what you're looking for. And Tanner comes in. You can go lefty righty there. Tanner comes in as the righty. 
and you can go Whitlock can come back. You know, he can give you two strong innings too. So Tanner's a lefty, ain't he? Lefty. No, he's a righty. So I think the, um, yeah, five innings, three or four runs is what you're looking for from sale. Just get the fuck out of the first two innings. I thought he was a lefty. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so, Brady, anything uh, on uh, tonight's game or uh, the first first two games of this season, of the series? For the Red Sox, uh, you know, obviously the bats have to come alive. They've been alive since the Rays series and the Yankees series, so the streak keeps going. I think you're going to have to win these games 8-6. to six. It's not going to be a low-scoring one nothing game. It's going to have to be a barrage of runs from both teams in order for them to win. So, I mean, both starting pitching isn't the best like it was back in years past. It's kind of come down to earth you know the bats are the ones that are winning the games for these teams so it's going to be a high scoring game and hopefully jd you know kyle schwarber these guys that you know you're relying on the big bats come alive in this series as well and by the you way if a, i got a break with houston's pitching too their best if i could out. just chime yeah. in here on the state of baseball all of these teams are winning with their bats you don't yeah. see a, a one-two ball game going into the ninth inning. Like, at some, since the Nationals, right? The Nationals, when they won point, the World Series. A team's breakthrough. You know why? Because you're throwing fucking five guys out there a night. One of them's bound to have a bad night. Fuck yeah. your numbers. They're still people. One of them's bound to have a bad night. Hello, Hansel Robles, giving up two runs. And they puked uh, his brains out right after two. Come on, man. The state of fucking baseball. Like, if this is what I, I thank God. Uh, pulling Nathan Evaldi in the fifth inning of the, of that uh, game four against the Rays didn't come back to haunt them with Robles blowing it, but he was pissed. Well, you got to tell me Evaldi couldn't went two more innings Absolutely. and given up two more runs like Ansel Robles. I mean, come on, come on, hate it, hate the way the game's being played right now. However, uh, just a quick look back. I think this is interesting to look back. Obviously, the uh, the Red Sox played the Astros in 2018 ALCS. The Red Sox took that series four to one, winning the last four games after Verlander beat him in game one big differences here. I see for the Red Sox, their outfield defense had some really big plays in that series. Betts had some big plays. Benintendi had the game. He won a game, one game catch, four or series winning catch, right? Or no, that was a fucking world series, but he had a big game winning catch in uh, one of the, no, games. it was Houston. Yeah. I don't think he had one in the world series. It was the Houston game. Cause it was there. It was on the road. It's all blur, uh, but obviously that offense, that outfield was Benintendi and left bets in right and Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field, who was the MVP of that series, wasn't he? He was yeah, he had a big grand, he had a big grand slam. Um, 2021 defense for the Red Sox, not as good, although they lead the majors in putouts. And I take, I mean, Kiki's probably your third best outfielder out of out of the six here. But anyway, it's Renfro and right, Verdugo and left, Kiki Hernandez in center field. Uh, do you think that makes a big difference here? You see a big drop off in that defense, and does it come into play? No, there's a big drop off. You know, I mean, Jackie Bradley, Gold Glover, Mookie Betts, Gold Glover, and Ben Benetton was pretty. You know, he's better than Verdugo. We'll say there out and left. I mean, I don't think it's it hasn't cost him yet. But you've seen some bad throws and a lot of the, you know, if you think about it, they led the outfield and assists, but how many was it fucking backing up stupid plays by the outfielder off those walls and, and shit like that. So I think, I don't think it's going to come big, big into play because you got a pretty spacious outfield in, in Houston. So take into account defense and uh, at the plate for Dugo or Benintendi. Benintendi that year. Or the they're about the same Verdugo, play. Verdugo is fighting for MVP of that ALDS for a minute there. They're about the same player. I mean, Verdu, I think Ben Attendi had a better year. He hit two, 286, you know, 19, 20 home runs. 
you know, he missed some time by injury, but I mean, honestly, it seems like those guys are, are truthfully are washed. They're both average major league players right now. They're pretty I mean, they're close. Not... I'll tell you what I, I, I tell you, why I, I give Verdugo the edge because I trust him in a big spot over Benintendi. How many times yeah, have you seen Benintendi yeah. strike out swinging in a, in a big spot? I like Verdugo's compete level better. I mean, you, you saw it last year in, in the um, shortened COVID year. I mean, he, he never stopped playing. And then this year, too, he went through some some lumps. But, he, yeah, big hits. He had some of big hits. Of course, we're taking Kiki over JBJ. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, bets over Renfro, sure. Although, and if we're talking about that year, Mookie Betts in the in the Red Sox playoff uh, stats. He wasn't that great. They don't give you a whole lot to be cheerful for, although he was <laughs> terrific defensively in that series. Yeah, but before that, he did win the MVP that year. But yeah, don't, he was sucked in the playoffs. Come on, he, he sucked. Really yeah, he, he broke sucked through a little bit in the World a, Series, but he blew in the playoffs. Yeah, he had a home run in the World Series. What game? Fi- uh, game, game five, one. I think. Was it game one? I thought it was game five. Was he on a hitless streak too for a while in the playoffs? Yeah, he sucked. Dude, I think going in into like yeah. last year, he only had like three or four RBIs or some ridiculous. Yeah, he was thing. terrific for the Dodgers last year, but that was in a fake season. Uh, let's look at this pitching staff, which is oddly kind of simil- uh, similar. Uh, so Sale, Evaldi, and Erod are all still here. Definitely not the same Erod as 2018. Um, Sale, I think I, I think a wash. Evaldi, I think, is a wash. She's just as good. And then you're you're replacing Pavetta with Porcello. I'll take Pavetta or Porcello the way that Porcello was pitching at that point in time. Pavetta's running a hot streak. As he was whole, also money in the playoffs. Porcello gave a, a big start, I believe, against Houston, where he went late. I think in the World Series too, he, against the Dodgers. And I think he was a pitcher in Game uh, Three. He started Game Three, kind of went. I'm pretty sure that was him. And then yeah, he um, had good solid. He had some good. And then he was the first pitcher out of the bullpen. Remember the first starter out of the bullpen. And, you well, know, Austin and he Houston was in 2018. Against Verlander. Chris, Chris Sale. He got lit up in game Sale. one. Yeah, he started game one and, and game one against the Yankees, too. Got lit up both games. I just look at Pavetta and Porcello as, as a similar role here for this. Yeah, I think they're uh, both the same, but I think, you know, track record of Porcello, he was coming off of Cy Young two years ago. I mean, but he was money in the playoffs. As much as I hate to say it, you are missing David Price from that 2018 game. Maybe, maybe you call that Whitlock. Maybe you call that guy Whitlock coming out of the pen. Is he as locked down as David Price turned out to be in that in that 18 run? He was no, because I mean, he, after is what his third start is when he took off that start against Houston. You know, he got lit up, kind of beat around game two. Sox were lucky to come back and win that, but his last start game five because he closed out that game five and he pitched money, and then that was it. He he got he has all the cards now. That's is what we hope Chris Sale can finally get the get get off the hill because they're both the same pitchers. Now we need Chris Sale to fucking figure all the cards right that'd be nice uh the bullpen in 18 consisted mainly of the starters honestly but obviously craig kimbrell was your closer not a good one by the way he was not uh, good henry was in there and joe kelly who was good joe kelly mm-hmm. ate a lot of innings there brian fucking brazier uh your 2021 yeah again uh, a little bit similar you don't have a shaky closer <laughs> you have a kind of a uh you don't have a one plethora of guys and garrett whitlock has kind of taken on that role but Brazier's still there. You got Huak, who we've been talking about, Josh Taylor as your lefty specialist, Rob- Hansel and Robles. And I haven't seen Adovino in a few weeks. He might be off the train there. unless the Same thing with Matt Barnes. Like, you know, those guys, it seems like. He didn't make you the know, roster, he, right? Did he make ALCS mm-hmm. roster? No. no. Martin Perez made it, though. Which, you yeah, know, they went we a haven't little seen him in a few weeks. Perez either, day. So. He, he, he was see, warming up, but ugh. You're going to see uh, Whitlock, Huak, Pavetta. And probably they're leaning on Brozier 
Brazier and Robles lately, and Josh Taylor as a lefty specialist, which they don't have a lot of in Houston. No, and if you're if you're comparing the two teams, you're really missing that Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly was fucking ice cold in the playoffs. He was money yeah. all the way into the World Series. Like you, you're missing that. You don't have the shutdown guy. You hope Garrett Whitlock is the guy that's going to close, but you need to get there. You know, I mean, they've. I feel like they've been shaky. I thought their best bullpen performances have been on our starters outside Garrett Whitlock in in Game Four. So I mean, Whitlock there's gave up a run though. That was a fucking well. He gave up a run against Gallo, was it? Or yeah. um, yeah, it was a shot. Rizzo was a or Stan shot. went around the fucking pole. Yeah. After he had two fucking rockets that were singles. Um, we're running late on the subject, but I am interested in this in the uh, Houston Astros lineup. We'll skip the 18 versus 21. We'll go back to that in the series here. But just to introduce you listeners to the Astros lineup, it's fucking stacked. At uh, catcher is Martin Melanado. Uh, first base, Yuli Gurriel. Jose He's Altuve so is still there. Alex Bregman still there. Carlos Correa is still there. Michael Brantley uh, in the outfield are some guys you probably haven't heard of. Jake Myers, Chas McCormick, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is fucking uh, awesome. Their DH is... Alvarez, who is nasty. So, uh, and is a big lefty, big bat, big lefty bat in the middle of that lineup. So they're fucking stacked, man. Right down there, Gurriel, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Brantley, Alvarez, right there. That's a yeah. Brantley was number. I think Brantley was number three in the AL in hitting, or top three. I don't remember exactly where he faced. He won the batting title a few years ago in Houston. He's very good. Kyle Tucker is a guy that can hit 30, 40 home runs. You know, he kind of burst on the scene last year, and he's they're they're fucking good. Yonder Alvarez is, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a stud for a long fucking time. That lineup is sick. And even they lost um, Springer, too. Think about this. They, you know, they replaced Springer with, you know, more Kyle Tucker and then Myers, the Myers kid. But, dude, they're still mashing. Their pitching staff's not as good this year. You know, you don't have Verlander anymore, and Grakey's kind of a shell of himself. That, and you, know, uh, you said McCullers is out with uh... – McCullers is out with forearm Titans. Um, their bullpen – their bullpens are kind of bread and butter. They got um, Ke- uh, Kevin Graveman's there and um, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Praisley. They still – Garcia is not bad, and um, Valdez is another young pitcher. Garcia kind of came back to um, earth the last month of the season. He, he wasn't as great, but he still had like a 3-5 ERA as his rookie year. He got kind of lit up. It was the only game they lost. But, I mean, they're pitching yeah, see, staff. I think you can get. I think you can get to that late inning, uh, middle inning, late inning bullpen of the of the Astros. I think you can get to them. I mean, like you said, none of their pitchers been that great. Vramber Valdez taking the ball game one has owned you. So you got to get past game one. But other than that, the pitching doesn't scare me. Like Ray said, it's got to be a slugfest. You got to win these games, eight, six, eight, seven, nine, eight, whatever, um, you know, whatever it comes to. Uh, the Sox last... just have that feeling. They have that feeling. It's like you're, you're going up against you. Billy baseball is fucking I'm just trying to, get, I'm trying to believe here. Like if I'm it's Braves and Red Sox, fucking forget about it. Oh, Braves, look at you. see the Braves? You see the Braves? Oh, Freddie Freeman. Um, last president. point on this uh, Red Sox Astros. <laughs> Should we be uh, shitting on the Astros for their cheating scandal? No, no, I'm done with it. Score. <laughs> no, I'm done with it. Five straight. They back. If they it up. win, if they win the World Series, or should they be considered a dynasty? Yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, no, Braves. No. Take it back. No, no. Okay. I said get, yes. No, you got to get that third one. We've had this conversation. It's yeah, the dynasties third one. need three championships. Um, if they get another one, so are they, that's uh, like, like that's like saying the 0407 Red Sox were were um, a dynasty, right? Because that's where if you look at the same two, two and basically five years 
you know, yeah, so they I mean, went to five, they've gone to five ALCSs. I mean, that's are the that's, Chiefs a dynasty right now. No, done. Yeah, thank you. Are the early 2000 Giants, San Francisco Giants, a dynasty? Yep, three and six years. That's a tough one. That's a tough one with three championships because they didn't have the dominance in between. They sucked in the in-between years. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, you no. Just I threw Bill a pick. I know. Right. Think he's, about he's it, Bill. I don't want your – I don't actually want your answer because we're way late on this. Uh, the rest of baseball, Dodgers force a game five against the those San Francisco Giants who came in nowhere. And Bill's Braves golf clap advance uh, to the NLCS. Congratulations. Did, did you hear what the Dodgers are doing? They're starting Corey Nebel. Mm-hmm. Literally pitching one inning, and then they're bringing Urias in right after a 20-game winner, mind you. He won 20 fucking games. How does he not start? So you can get a righty lineup in the front? Fucking stupid. Like, this This is why baseball is This is why baseball is dying. You have a 20-game fucking winner. Why is he not good enough to start the game? He hasn't lost a game in 11 fucking starts. Yeah, the nerds. David Roberts deserves no credit for anything that he does. The nerds run that team. The nerds run the game. And I hope the Dodgers get down by six runs in the first inning. I hope the Giants mm-hmm. light this fucking mm-hmm. guy up. Go, go San Francisco. Nettle sucks. He flamed out Milwaukee. You suck it, Nettle. Bitch. Um, before we get into this, I didn't put this in, but if you're feeling anxious about the Red Sox, not like Bill, who's very optimistic, he's ready to go, then uh, check out our friend Dr. Tom at uh, backtobasicsllc.com. That's B-A-K, the number two basicsllc.com. If you have some ailments, maybe a shitty shoulder, if you have a shitty dog, uh, if you'd like to sleep a little bit better, uh, then go to backtobasicsllc.com, get a free sample with every order that you make, and more importantly, get a personal email from Dr. Tom, the CBD guru himself, uh, and also medical marijuana. If you're interested in that, this is the guy you want to talk to. Get educated, people. Go to backtobasicsllc.com, B-A-K, the number two, basicsllc.com. Uh, a win for the Patriots versus the Cowboys. How do they do it? How do they do it? I'll tell you. I'll answer my own question, right? Uh, you got to start with the defense. Bill, you gave us the stat. The Cowboys are first in first quarter scoring. The Patriots are 26th. Uh, let me give you some statistics for you, for Bill to get hard over and Ray for you to um, just pretend. Flop around like a wet noodle. Get confused. Yeah. Swing Patriots around like defense, a right about fifth in the league and everything. Fifth in yards given up. Fifth in completion percentage. Fifth in touchdowns given up. Sixth in interceptions. Eighth in sacks. The Cowboys offense right up there at the top, second in yards per game, 11th in passing yards per game at 266, second in rushing yards per game to 172, Zeke yeah, they had, a day. And they had second two guys, in Pollard and game. Elliot, top 10 in rushing. Yeah, then and the Red Sox. Pollard's better than Zeke right now. I like, I hey like guys, Pollard a lot. Oh, have we done this show for a year or, or uh, six months? No, okay. no. no, radio. Can I just fucking finish this before uh, you jump all down my throat? The Cowboys are second in points per game at 34. Go ahead. Pollard's a better running back than Zeke. (laughs) It's going to come down. Like, I expect uh, every single game for the Patriots this year to come down to a mid to late 20s scoring game. The Patriots will keep it close. Zeke Elliott should go for 200, and Pollard should go for 200 yards plus and a couple touchdowns. But that means that Dak Prescott's not slinging the ball around. It should mean that the ground game eats up clock, like we've seen all season, like we've seen the way Belichick likes to play these games. And you give a small margin of error for Mac Jones and that offense, not fumble a fucking touchdown away, and hopefully you win at 28-24, something like that, right? That's my statistics. that's my question, though. What is he gonna? What's Belichick gonna take away? He likes to take away. It's gonna be the Tampa Tampa, Tampa game plan. Think away. You just hold Tampa, who I think's a very, uh, it's a better offense than Dallas is, honestly. 
You know, and you, you kind of saw what they did. It confused Brady. They'd had, they had at one point nine defensive backs on the field. Like you're going to see a lot of that. Dak's not the quarterback Tom Brady is. Dallas I, has I, I, better I under, running backs. It doesn't matter. Like you still, and uh, fucking Leonard Fournette ran all over you. You couldn't cover him out of the backfield. So it's like, it, I still expect the same defensive front that we saw against Tampa. That's going to, that's the only way you're going to slow this offense, offense down. You got to confuse Dak. Dak. Dak's not the quarterback has a quarterback mind. Tom Brady does. This is the only way you're going to win the game. It's got to be a sh- low scoring game and your defensive really needs to step up. They're banged up. Joey Gallup's or Gallup's out. And then Amari Cooper's got ribbed in a knee injury or shoulder injury. Ankle, so he, I think. ankle he's beat up. So, I mean, really you got to worry about Schultz, their tight end. Who's got a CD lamb and CD lamb. So, I mean, let Amari Cooper do his thing. You should kind of do what you did against Mike Evans. Kind of worry about shutting down them. You don't have that third guy. Tampa has an Antonio Brown. Right, I think again, their offense is better. You sh- you held them to seventeen points. Well, Jalen Mills has still 19 been points. left off to the uh, practice this week. He's still battling a something, a knee, I think it is. So yeah, that that's one less guy that you have. So you now you have Joe Juan Williams going in there to guard one of these guys, Mario Cooper or a uh, who's that other guy they have? Gallup, you said. He's he's like Gallup's he's him and Amari he's, Cooper. But Ray, Gallup's you said up. you had some. Oh, you were going to save that from early lines. Do you want to tease us with some statistics on the Patriots game? I mean, it is relevant or, you know, sure. It's a four twenty-five kickoff with a 66 degree day and sunny. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. No, uh, give me the pats in this one uh, with those statistics. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Bill, look, you look at that Cowboys offense They're They're an offense that the Patriots has defense. Historically, we keep going to this. It's not the same team. I get that, but historically they've been able to shut down not or slow down teams that want to take the bigger shot, the big shot. Right. They have had trouble with teams that uh, can match up man to man and beat your corners man to man. And for whatever reason, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady decided not to do that. No biscuit, no, no risk it, no biscuit. And they almost fucking blew it because of that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers should have ran it down the Patriots throat and made them adjust and then took advantage of it. If the Cowboys don't do that this week, they're fucking morons. And they probably won't because Mike McCarthy is a fucking moron. So that's my question. Does Bill Belichick still have the edge on some fat dope like Mike McCarthy, who we've seen make mistake after mistake after mistake? And who's their offensive coordinator down there? Helen Moore. There you go. Ray? Who's their defensive coordinator? Dan Quinn. Uh, so the thing is, is, does Dan Quinn still have a little uh, turn in his pants from 28 to 3, you think? I think so. A uh, little bit, yeah. The big stat I heard today was that uh, during the Tampa Bay game for Dallas Dak checked out of 27 rushing plays that Mike McCarthy called for him because obviously Tampa Bay's defense is run the best running defense in the league. So if you can change it up, I'm sure Belichick can scheme it up to make it look like, Hey, yeah, run on us, you know, and just throw a dagger in there and, you know, make Dak make those mental mistakes because Mike McCarthy is a boob as a head coach. If Dak can go in there and you can get into his head, rattle him. I think this will be a very big game for the Patriots this week. Bill has Dak Prescott eclipsed. Mike McCarthy as a coach. Has he become too good of a quarterback for Mike McCarthy to screw up? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, he coming off that pretty devastating ankle injury last year. I mean, it, he was still leading the league two weeks and passing two weeks after he got hurt last year. I mean, he was – you saw the leap he's taken. I mean, he's progressed and been a better quarterback every year. I'm not saying he's a winner, but I still think he's he's in that elite quarterback conversation right now, and I think he's – he's too good for Mike McCarthy to ruin. He's not like, 
Well, I mean, in I mean by in game, like Ray's point of so twenty seven run plays. Dak goes, "This is the best run defense in the fucking league. We're not running against them. Let me just throw it." He's calling it at the line, and his dumbass coach is on the sideline. Oh, it's the same thing. Aaron Rodgers game. Was, Aaron Rodgers got good enough yeah. to overcome an in game performance of dog shit by Mike McCarthy. To answer my own question, I think the results, the short results this year is yes, and the results to begin start last year was. Yes, he's he's not good. We don't have a big track record in Dak Prescott in uh, big time moments with Mike McCarthy, and has he kind of shaken off that? You know, there's just two or three, four big throws in Dak Prescott's career in my mind that he's overthrown or been inaccurate on when they needed a big third down or touchdown at the end of games. I don't know. Has he shaken that off? Has he shaken that off as a forty million dollar guy? We'll see. I think you know this might be a game that. That we'll see. I expect it to be close. I expect all these Patriots games to be close this year. Um, and uh, I guess we're at prediction time. What do you think is going to happen? Go ahead, Ray. All right, I'll give you some stats. He's so mad about this because we record the early line show after, and he's such a little fucking cunt about this early line show this year that he doesn't want to lose. Richard, he doesn't want to shave his little baby face, so he doesn't want to give I'm away so who he's taking against the Dallas and Patriots. Do you want us to block our ears? You can give your take. Be Me and Bill no. will block our ears. No, Bill Belichick is 5-0 and versus the Cowboys all-time. He, uh, however, the Cowboys lead the series 7-6 to in all-time meetings, but the Cowboys haven't won since 1996. I think Belichick is a goddamn genius. I think he's going to find that one thing that's going to stop this team. It's minus three. I think the Patriots pull it out. They're going to beat this fucking Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, it felt – it went it went down. Down, huh? yeah. Which is minus <sighs> three is basically a, a touchdown oh. at home, right? So – 27-20, Patriots win. Vegas, Vegas thinks that the Cowboys are a touchdown better than than the Patriots. I'll tell you, I, I've given you my prediction for this game. You want me to pick a winner and loser? I don't know. Uh, uh, let me say Patriots. I said this uh, two weeks ago against the Bucks. that is this the game that this offense gets over the hump and they get that extra touchdown that they need to be scoring 28 points instead of 21. They did it last week against the shitty Texans. They had the drive. They fumbled one way and they got it back. Can they tighten that shit up? They're a couple fumbles away from averaging, from being in the top half of the league, third of the league, and scoring as opposed to the bottom third. It's only a touchdown difference, and they fumbled a couple of those away. So if they can tighten their shit up like we see every week, yeah, I give them a shot. Sure, let me pick the Patriots on this show uh, in a 28 oh, to uh, 27. Go ahead, cunty queen. I do. Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't see the Patriots being able to stop the, their, their Patriots defense stopping Dallas offense. Honestly, it just as much as I – hope that could happen. I, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I do like Dallas in this game. I think it's going to be close though. I could see a, you know, 21, 17 Dallas's way, just kind of giving up those touchdowns. I just don't, I don't think just from what we've seen on Mac, I mean, he's still not scoring 20, 25 points a game. And I think honestly, that's probably what it's going to cost, uh, what it's going to take to beat Dallas. So yeah, 21, 17 Dallas. Somewhere in that range. The, we didn't talk about the Cowboys defense, which uh, gives up a shit ton of yards and a decent amount of points. So I don't know. I think it's going to be closer than that. We shall see. Like I said, uh, you know, if they win it. You should be looking at four three, four and three heading into that stretch against um, who was in there, the Panthers, the Chargers and the Browns coming up, right? Browns. Yeah. So Browns are in there somewhere. Three tough games. You know, you're looking to take. Atlanta, if you win Atlanta's against Dallas, there. you can drop two of three of those and still be in the hunt. That's my point. So is is are the Browns, Chargers, or Dallas got to win one of those, and then you got to beat the Panthers and Jets. Dallas should be in there as as you know. I don't know. Pick one of those three. They got to win one. 
Um, before we finish the show, we'll have some after show thoughts as we're running late here, but let's just get a quick Boston Bruins couple minutes here. They did set the roster, the big moves out of this one, uh, Jack Stadnika, their uh, bright and shiny centerman, the only fucking young centerman basically in the entire system, uh, had a good camp, um, played well on the second line when Coyle was, uh, you know, had the injury Jersey on there. He was sent down to the AA. AHL down to Providence for development as a centerman uh, word from Cassidy and Neely is they didn't want to put him on a fourth line. They didn't want to put him on a right wing. They want to develop this guy as a playmaking center. I'll take the word for it. Uh, you know, sure. Okay. No problem. They don't necessarily need him with, with, with who they have right now. Um, and if you're just going to get buried on a fourth line, then sure. Let him go play some top line minutes every, every uh position minutes at an NHL. Yeah. And you look at his track record in the, in the NHL, a lot of it's come at that right wing spot. You know, you, you look at the uncertainty of Patrice Bergeron's future. You really need to start developing your, your, you know, your hometown centerman. And he's the guy, let him at least go down, play one, two, you know, first, second line minutes down in, in Providence. You don't really want the guy to develop on a third, on a fourth line. Who's really, who's going to look like what the Trent Fredericks of the world. And, uh, Lazar's hurt and all these other guys. Lazar's an IR. They took Kuhlman over Wags for some speed. I yeah, guess. And, Wag and Wagner. And I think a lot of that had to do with salary cap too. Wagner was, I believe, 1.9 million. You're, you're right up at the cap. It looks like now no one claimed them off waivers. It, it, it looks like, you know, you're, you're trying to save some money for Rask right now. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what it, that's honestly what the, it's getting at. You know, I don't like it, but, you know, you Love saw it. Olmark not be not having a great play, uh, you know, camp right now. You know, I was supposed to know the opening day goalie by today as this is released. We don't know it Thursday night as we're recording this, but Merritt tells you it should be Swayman. Sounds should be, yeah. feels like they're leaning Swayman, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's just the adjustment period for Olmark coming over from Buffalo to here. I mean, you know, he hasn't played great. I think it's a little bit of adjustment. I expect him to play better. He, he was the bright spot in Buffalo the last three or four years. I mean, he was, he's had a winning record for that crap-ass team. I expect him to be better. You know, but right now it's the way Swayman's playing. It's hard not to put him in, put him in that game one. Absolutely. I have two uh, questions right, real quick. Our... No, wait, wait, wait. Two questions. Yeah. One, why are we starting on Saturday when the fucking season started on Tuesday? And why are we starting against the Western Conference team and not an Eastern Conference team? They've well, done the it season before. started they... with the expansion team. When's the when's the next run of games here for the NHL? They had two, Wednesday, yesterday. They had a shit ton of games on. It was Tuesday, Wednesday. Now they take a break and then it's back to Saturday, I think, or Friday tonight, I think. Friday, I blame yeah. it on TV and money. Um, Very um, good. It, it, well, they're also too the if you think about it, they're working around the baseball playoffs. They do that a lot. Same thing with kind of bat, like they work around them. Yeah. They try to work with that. So that's a good point. Okay. Let's get to the simplest mind of the week. It was Ray's opening take Kyrie fucking Irving uh, is, you know, obviously always in the news for being an asshole. And that's what he is. He's an absolute asshole. People should stop giving this guy the goddamn microphone or, or, or platform to be talking about first take, stop doing pieces on Kyrie Irving. He's a moron. I listened to the 20 minute Instagram live today in full. He rambles about nothing he oh, like literally no. says nothing it's all about my choice my choice this is just me i want to be real man i just want to talk to you i'm here for the people this is what i am i just want to be real man things are crazy dog i just want to be real 
I'm not even exaggerating, where it's 20 fucking minutes of that bullshit. And he says he wants to be a voice of the voiceless, but he's not an anti-vaxxer, but he won't get vaxxed. He just wants to be a voice of the voiceless. The whole thing is convoluted and fucking stupid. He's given up $17 million, but he's not an anti-vaxxer. A lot of people made this point. Go get your $30 million and give it to the people who don't want to get vaxxed, that don't want to, that won't keep, that can't keep their jobs. Why don't you do that, you fucking selfless prick? You piece of shit, Kyrie Irving. The, the, the lack of He's so disillusioned and disconnected from reality. He's 27. He's a fucking boy. He's a little baby back bitch boy that has never faced reality in his entire goddamn life and wants to speak about the world as if he's some fucking messiah when he's actually just a YouTube educated prick. He's just a prick. Like he's not even misunderstood or coming from the right place. He's just a piece of shit prick. Stop fucking taking this guy's word as some like misunderstood piece that he's trying to do good. He's not. And I've even done giving him credit for the for the holistic and, and uh, um, what uh, philanthropist work that he does, because I guarantee he only gives that money so he can get the spotlight shine on him. That's what this all fuck. This whole fucking thing is about spotlight on me, on me, on me, on me. Kyrie Irving sucks. That maybe doesn't qualify for simplest mind of the week, but if you listen to the 20 minutes of him rambling, it does. That guy's a fucking moron. Well, also that his best friend KD has turned his back on him. And basically, because you know that he came down with the decision not to have him go play away games. Yeah, basically, absolutely. Everyone it's, has it's KD games. and James Harden. They had a meeting basically that said, you know, we don't want him to interrupt our season. Basically it's distraction. He is a distraction. That's he all can't he is. practice. He shouldn't be able to play. And like, and he's the reason why Katie's in Brooklyn. He he uh, got him to go there. We have two max spots. Come play over here. He Let's go there. Let's Kevin Durant could have came to Boston. And instead he could have stayed there. in Golden State and probably won another two championships. He could have gone yeah. anywhere. And but they went yeah, play he, with Kerry. He's just the you're worst. You're seeing those guys chase, they're turning their back on him, and I love it. I love the fact that he is all alone now. He has no one supporting him. He's a laughingstock of the NBA. You know, all of his views about flat earth, you know, fuck Thanksgiving, you know, uh, he's an anti-vaxxer. Fuck this guy. Fuck this insufferable prick. You are now all alone, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, and, uh, like, I'm all for people standing up for what they believe in and stuff, but he is not the right guy for this. He's a batshit mental case. Like he, you know, Ray, you mentioned he he thought he was Martin Luther King, but he's really Kanye with some dribbling skills, right? So I mean, that's basically what he is. He's just batshit crazy. If it was somebody else, maybe that was more respected in the league. You know, I think he could probably have some sway in it. Like I, you know, I'm he, for. He, sorry to interrupt you. He doesn't even say anything. You I know. Don't, you I don't know. Have to I know. To Twenty minutes. Listen to thirty seconds. It's the whole thing for the rest of the way. He doesn't say I'm not vaccinated. I'm not against anti-vaccine. Here's why. He just says, I'm just me, dog. Respect my decision. Well, I'm talking about more of like the statement that came out before the stupid IG live thing. And you know what I mean? Like I get the voice of the people, whatever, but he's not the guy to say shit. Like it, it doesn't make a, this a stance, which is what he's trying to take coming from a guy like Kyrie Irving. If it was a more no. respected guy in the league saying, I don't want to get vaxxed. I'm sitting out, blah, blah, blah. It would be more pulled than Kyrie fucking Irving did it because everything out of his mouth is fucking stupid. That, that that's where I have a, a huge problem. It's fucking dumb. Yeah. Even if he was standing for something, he's lost all credibility and anyone, anyone taking his word or standing behind him or, or want, or trying to be like open to what he's saying. No, it, it, he's past that point. It's gone. It's over. He's just a prick. He's just a dumb little self-centered prick. A little boy. 
He's the YouTube educated little boy. It's the guy that screams at you with. I wrote it. The fucking jet fuel kit melts steel. 9 11 conspirators. They Happened, fucking. Man. They watched a it's YouTube. An inside clip. job. I hate loose this change. Guy. Yeah, loose change. Life right. Is that fun. what it was? A loose change, right? I watched uh, that. It was anyway, the most it's ridiculous to, thing. It's always good to end on a little hate. Uh, stay tuned for the after show because we got some more hate. Marcus Smart's in the news. But uh, before that, this has been the Simple Mind Sports Show. Friday headlines, October 15th. We'll see you on Sunday for early lines. Ray has some special stats for us. Bye bye. And an apology. Bye bye. Apology for what? Well, maybe if you came up to the shows once in a while, you'd know. Uh, just before Never you deserve an apology. Marcus Smart. I don't deserve an apology. Rich deserves an apology. Yeah, I won. I won an apology for that bet. Uh, the Patriots' offensive line looked good against the Texans. <laughs> what oh, a geez. stupid bet, Ray. Um, another stupid bet: the Celtics paying Marcus Smart nineteen million dollars a year, misses a fucking plane. Good for Udoka, the first guy in eight years to stand up to Marcus fucking smart. Brad Stevens ain't making that call. That's coming down from head coach. Good for him. Make a statement right away. Uh, 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 you got to send a message. I mean, he's the, the fucking, you know, he's the catalyst of causing rifts in the locker room, which we all three, all three of us believe you need to send a message. You're in charge. Now you're not playing for no fucking players. Yeah. Oh, gee, golly guys. No, this guy's coming in and sending a message right away. And it's good to see good, good, good start. Especially with the COVID outbreak, and now Al Horford's on the COVID list. You have Jalen Brown already on the list. Now you have got you know Marcus Smart missing planes, going on another charter plane by himself. This is unexcusable. You know, you, this is a season. This is all business. You know, all hands on dick here. Let's fucking get it done. You know, I may Tuesday. I may fuck. I may uh, not fucking around. I love it. I think that the, you can feel it. Even as soon as I may mean, had that first press conference, and even before that, talking about the Jays and like people trying to shoehorn Marcus Smart into that. I don't think I'm kind of feeling it and having it. You you can feel that undercurrent of like, Marcus Smart's going to have to prove it to me. He, you know, he might have the hearts and minds of Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens, but he's going to have to prove it to me because I just see a guy that what the three of us see, who's just a problem here and a problem there and has some skill. And if he learned his fucking role, he'd be a good piece for us. But until then, he's going to have to prove it for me. And I think this suspension – uh you know, kind of proves that kind of proves that, that he's, and, and again, it's like these Kyrie delusional people. Marcus Smart's not the fucking heart and soul of the Celtics. He's never has been get that out of your head. Just cause he dives on the floor. Doesn't make him the heart and soul of shit. He's a loud mouth. He's also an idiot. Listen to the shit that he talks about. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He just, he's loud and boisterous and dives. So people think he's, you know, a hustler and a, and a grinder. He's not. He's just another fucking guy out there that causes trouble. So, I'm we're, we've been over Marcus Smart for about a year and a half now. And hopefully, the, this is writing on the wall that hopefully he has a good part of the season and they Pretty trade bad. his ass. Oh, one can only hope, Rich. All hands on deck. All hands on deck.